got him brilliantly done. And again, Silky, look at that. How many O's in smooth. Magnificent kick. He can kick this, Chris. He can kick this. Oh, boy. Hello everybody, welcome to the Pies Nation podcast, where the pies are hot and the drinks are cold. I'm Nicholas Sacco, your host for this week's episode. It's episode 7 of season 4, or episode 90. 90 boys, can you believe that? If you're counting from the beginning, the boys put in a heap of effort against a talented Brisbane side last Thursday night, but we fell short by 7 points in a very gallant display, but while it's another loss this week, sees us have a huge opportunity to get back on the winner's list and back on track. Today, we'll review the Lions game, get your thoughts on Ask Buyers Nation, get through to VFL Report, your fan vote results speak to yet another fan who was super close to getting the crowd and preview a very important Anzac Day clash against Essendon on Monday. I'll start with you, Marcus Callahan, who's been nice enough to join me in the studio this week. Um, I know it seems like forever ago, but... That Brizzy game, it had its ups and downs, and unfortunately, we were just on the wrong end. We were, Nick, and I'm really having to work hard to recite in my mind what went down in that game. And look, you can you can dissect our last three rounds. They're all losses. There's no doubt about that. But this one, it felt a little bit different. And yes, the game got away from us, and the Lions were able to control it in large parts, and then it was too little too late. But... Mm. I don't know. It feels. It felt like when we were down and out for the count, we were just able to find something to show that there was a bit of grit and a bit of fight back. But like I said, it's all in vain when you don't strike early enough. Yep. The, the Lions are a very polished side, and we knew it was going to be a tough slog getting in to the winner's position. I guess I just look at it as we've lost two matches by 13 points, yep. and then last week by, I think, seven points. Yep. And it looked like it was going to be th- 13 right points. Right on the end. Three weeks in a row there for a little bit. So you just a little bit of perspective, I think, is important, despite it being another loss and three losses in a row come out of the blocks to start the season. We just need a couple more weeks to really assess where the pies are at. We have got Luke Humphreys on the phone. Yes, should we do. We, should we find out what he thought of the game? I, I think we should. I think we should head down to him if you can hear us, Lukey. Hello, boys. Sorry I couldn't join you in the studio for today's episode. But, yeah, same kind of sentiment, Marcus. You're kind of reminding me of the game, actually, because, like you said, it was basically a week ago that we did play. Um, but I thought probably the most positive takeout for me was, the, like you said, the way we finished the game. Um, it felt like we've had... Um, pretty much this whole season so far. Um, the finishes have let us down in our last quarter efforts, but I felt like this was um, a step in the right direction in the way we finished the game. We sort of just had that little fade out um, through the second quarter, I think it was. But I, I reckon for the most part, we, we were almost the better side. Um, but obviously, yeah, Brisbane, a lot more polish, a lot more class, and uh, just made the most of their opportunities. Well, the boys not putting their heads down when it did start to get away from us is a really positive sign from all of that, and it was great to see we continue to fight right till the end. So definitely some positives that we'll get into, but as always, the pie that caught your eye, brought to you by Liquorland. Get all your drink specials at liquorland.com.au. Marcus, who did we go for this week? Uh, look, again, tough one. Maybe one perhaps more on the negative side oh, no. this week, Nick, and... 
again, start perhaps reminiscent of our season to date. Started very well, but might have just gone missing the last couple of weeks. Pat Lipinski, mm, I've found his okay. output to be just mm. a little bit below the mark when we needed him, and I appreciate he isn't the inside ball that we rely on to, to really turn the the um the momentum in the midfield battle. But we did have Taylor Adams back, and he was serviceable in parts. Probably didn't think he had the best game either. But Lipinski was just one of those guys, a bit like Dugowie, that you wanted just a little bit more out of throughout the match, and. I mean, Dugowie kicks four goals, 21 touches, so hard to argue with that game on paper. But once again, it was just where were you when we really needed to fight back momentum because the statistics that they've pulled, Pat Lipinski, once again, 22 disposals himself, not a great game for a midfielder, but, you know, it was there and thereabout. Mm. Just need to see a bit more out of him on Anzac Day. I think, to really show us that he is the real McCoy. and I, I don't look, mind you putting the notice on him either, to be honest. Not that he's been terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Just gone um, missing in the last couple of yeah. weeks a bit. And, you know, mm. we, we know how valuable his run is to, this game, uh, to our style, let alone the team. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he can just bring yeah, it up a touch. Yeah, look, and he's, he's not far off the mark by any stretch. I just think it'd be nice to see him inject his polish mm. um, into the game a little bit more consistently. Luke, the pie that caught your eye, please. Yeah, the pie that caught my eye, Josh Dacoff. Now, he for, for a four-quarter performance, I don't think we quite got that for this game, but I thought his first quarter, he started like an absolute house on fire. Mm. He was just getting the ball everywhere. Um, part of every attacking um, play that we had, uh, I thought he was superb. He did fade out of the game as it went on, I think. That was the only disappointment. But we see more of what he produced in that first quarter for longer. And as the season goes on, um, he's going to be a special player for us. Yep, very good call there, Joshy Dacos. Uh, the pie that caught my eye, and I think it was one of yours last week, over you, Marcus or Luke, I can't remember, but Reef McInnes was the pie that caught my eye because... Mm. We knew that coming into this game was going to be a very makeshift forward line. Um, and I'm going to speak more about that in particular a bit later on. But you have no Alley, you've got no Mycheck, no Ginevan, no McCreary. Someone's got to stand up. Someone's got to create something out of nothing. And we say Ginevan does that so well. And on Thursday night, it was McInnes. And he, he brought, he injected a lot of spark into that forward line when we needed it. He was making opportunities. He was, you know, getting into the right areas. Sure, he didn't kick straight. But... His ability to, to find the ball in that forward line when at times we didn't look anywhere near it was very impressive. And again, you talk about stats. Well, his don't set the world on fire, you know, 10 touches, four marks. But three tackles, six score involvements and two goals too for a second gamer or third gamer. I thought that was pretty impressive and shows his ability in the forward line. I think he can really make an impact. But yeah, For sure. And uh, he was playing in a forward line that was extremely makeshift mm-hmm. once again. We talked about it, not really knowing what we were going to get. And it created an opportunity for him. He probably found some leading lanes, sorry, that Jamie Elliott might find himself in normally. And once again, it was only in spurts, but he did show plenty. I want to talk about the forward line then. I'll I'll go straight into it. So Big talking point this week. Huge. Because, again, we had no Elliott, no Mindcheck, no Ginevan, and no McCreary. The one thing in common between those four blokes, they are hard workers. They are hard workers, they are always at the contest, even when they're tired, even when they're fatigued, they will continue at every step of the way to try to get to the right areas. And I'm pretty sure they 
all played in our first two rounds. Yeah, I'm of pretty. Football, I think you're right. Yes, all four of those guys. So, so you continue. It was so noticeable when they weren't out of the side because apart from McInnes and Kruger, that yep, forward yep. line did not work hard at all. They were very yep. disappointing. They Stagnant. were not getting into the right areas. They they couldn't even take marks to save ourselves. And I'm not just pointing at one player. Because it'd be very easy to go after Mason Cox here. Very easy. And yeah, mm. he was horrible. And yeah, I don't think you should play again this year. But I'm talking about the forward line as a whole here. Because we still had very high inside 50 numbers. Like, and we were still getting the ball out. That's it. No efficiency whatsoever. And the gap between having those guys in the forward line and having them not is that massive. It's actually a very, very big concern. It, look, it, it's a concern, but when these guys come back, I think we're going to start to see improvements in these statistics. Like obviously, Jamie Elliott's out for most of the year, which really sucks. But when it comes to Ginevan, Majacek, even Ollie Henry, mm. if he comes back in, and because um, he, he was very good in the VFL on the weekend, I don't know if, again, we've seen quite enough rounds of football to tell us that we need all of these players in the forward line or we don't to convert on those opportunities. What for me, it, it's frustrating as all hell as a, a spectator seeing the inefficiency inside 50, but at least we're still getting it forward. Yeah, no, that's not my issue here. My issue is, and and again, I'm not, I'm just saying that without those players in the team, it's very, it's a big gap. It's very noticeable. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You look at the opposition we played in the first two rounds yeah. and then who we've played in the subsequent three. And yes, the Saints are going pretty well now. But it's a it's a big big um, yeah. pressure gauge lifted, and so the ball was popping out so easily because the um, Fords on the park on the weekend just couldn't get their hands on it. No, they couldn't. What do you reckon, Lukey? Was it was it disappointing to watch from your end? Yeah, it was very frustrating. Um, the fact that we were getting it in there so often, but uh, just weren't able to convert. I the percentage for the at the end of the game, it was 34%. Now, it was a lot lower throughout most of the night. Um, we converted a lot late late in the game to increase that, but earlier on, it was atrocious, really. And the ball movement from Brisbane, from their defensive half, um, to score for themselves, uh, it was it was like we'd spend 10 minutes trying to kick a goal down our end, and then they'd move it straight down their end and kick a goal. Mm. Um, it was incredibly frustrating, Um we were doing all the hard work, not getting the rewards. It felt like Brisbane, they weren't cruising, um, but it just kind of seemed like they weren't going... No, not entirely. at all. Yeah, it, it was an incredibly frustrating night. In saying that, I still think we played a really good brand of football against the top quality side, but like you boys have said, um, that inefficiency in that board line was horrific, really. Um, and, yeah, we, we're going to get to it. Um, the big forwards, Coxie and... Um, <laughs> well, look, yeah, I, I, I think the it, fact that... Sorry, sorry, Luke, but I think the, the fact that they had to move Darcy Moore into the forward line, um, mm. you know, in the line... And he, and he still went on to kick two goals, which, you know, yeah. what does that tell you, honestly? Um, well, it shows that we, we've cried out for years. We need a key position forward there, just that you look at... I know you hate Carlton, Nico, but you look at Carlton, Harry Mackay, mm. Charlie Kerno now, and when they're in a world of bother, all they got to do is get it in that forward line, and those two guys can save them. You, you look at Geelong a couple of weeks ago against us. Yeah. Hawkins, Cameron, when they're in a spot of bother, they can get them out of jail, and it's just 
incredibly frustrating that for so many years, pretty much since Cloak, we just haven't had that guy um, that can just clunk him for us and save us in that spot of bother or even just use when we've got the momentum going our way, make the most of the scoring opportunities because we're, we've pretty much dropped three games in a row now that really we should have won or three of them almost with the amount of ball we get inside 50. Um, we're just not making most of it at all. Mm. Which makes room for an interesting point on the future in terms of tall forwards who are genuine forwards, not ruck come forwards, Nico, genuine mm. Fords that you're mm. going to get from the draft to a, a top 10 pick, so we're going to basically take your club forward for the next decade along with Nick Dacos in the in the midfield, and we've already touted him as a potential future captain. Are we are we hurting ourselves by finishing? Or tr- obviously, you play to win. Okay, you, you want to establish a brand and play to win. But if we don't get access to talent in top 10 talent or the best on the market at the end of the year, Nico, and I'm not sure who those key forwards might be, but is this is this going to ha- potentially hamstring us again if we don't get access to that forward we've been crying out for? Well, it depends what tactics we want to do moving forward. I mean, it's been very clear that we've been in the market for a tall forward for a long time. A long time. And we've been... <laughs> and I think more often than not, we've been trying to look for that ready-made tool forward and looking at other teams and trying to poach players off them. That's been our strategy. And let's and let's look back at who we've gone for: Jesse White, yeah, Quinton Lynch, yeah, uh, Nathan Kruger, Brody Mycheck through the VFL. It's not to say these guys can't offer, but they're not creme de la creme. Yeah, no, of course not. And you know, even Darcy Cameron, who you know, none of us knew about before yeah. he even came onto the scene. So, yeah, I I think, you know. The frustrations peaked, obviously, seeing Mason Cox play because, you know, he, he was nowhere near it. I think the frustration for me on that one, just as a side, was the fact that Ollie Henry wasn't playing over him. But anyway, that's another. Yep. yep. That's another discussion. But yeah, the the, the tall forward gap is, is going to continue to haunt us until either we actually invest in the draft because you still got to remember we're rebuilding. And if we, we say, are, we are. you know, look, you know, it's not going to happen this year. It doesn't have to. Um, or we invest in the crop we've got. And unfortunately, and I've actually heard this discussion come up a bit about Will Kelly and the question marks around him now. He's been very injury prone. He's been playing in the back line of the VFL. Mm. Um, he was meant to be the guy. I was very excited for him, for one. Oh, likewise. We spoke about Ash Johnson. Big raps, yeah. Um, who's injured as well, unfortunately, and yep. he hasn't been able to get a good run at it. Um, is it is it unluckiness? Is it something else? I don't really know. But it's something we have to have a look at and something we have time to look at, which is good. There's no rush for us. Definitely. At, at yeah. least this year. Lukey, you, any input on, on that uh, thread there? No, I was just going to say, even the loss of Jamie Elliott, he's sort of been our get-out-of-jail guy um, the last 12 to 24 months up forward. Um, even him losing him for the next three months really hurts that forward stock. And like you've mentioned, they're Ash Johnson. So these guys that could have been getting that run in there and... Um, almost being that guy um, or makeshift guy. It's just, unfortunately, mm. I think unluckiness as well. Um, Cox, yeah. It, you, you said he won't play again this year, Nico. Do you, do you think that's the case? Well, I don't see him getting into that team unless the three or four guys in front of him can't play for whatever reason that is. I, I don't mm. see it. I don't, I don't understand how someone as tall as him in that forward line and... Yes, mind you, there were many times where the ball didn't 
go to his favor. But when it did, yeah, his presentation was horrible. His body work was horrible. Um, mm. Oh, he brings the ball to ground. Yeah, but why? It should just mark it that, instead. That's, that's not he? the point here. We've got plenty of players that can do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I won't it's get into it too much. It's embarrassing when uh, he takes the mark and you hear the Bronx cheers in yeah. the crowd. I think it might have been a third or fourth quarter. Correct. But it takes like, that long to climb that first mark. It is, um, yeah. yeah. And do you want that from your key forward? No, you don't. But yeah. anyway, we'll move on from the forward line. Um, a quick discussion on Jordan Ruffhead because we've just heard that he'll be out for at least a few weeks now with finger surgery. Got towed up on Thursday night in his return game. Um, got pushed out of contests really mm. easily, which... Hurt me because I'm a Ruffy fan and I know he's been very serviceable for us throughout the years. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it looked nowhere near it. Danaher and McStay went to town on him, honestly, um, in that forward line. And he didn't really have an answer, which doesn't help Darcy Moore and Jeremy Howe and these other defenders. Um, and one of my topics of discussion was how many weeks would he have to play like that before we consider his spot in the side. Obviously, we know the injury he's had with shoulder reconstruction. Got to take that into account. Now he's not playing again for at least a few weeks. You know, it's interesting to see what we do with that fullback spot. We know Charlie Dean's waiting in the wings when he's ready to play. Um, but for, for the meantime, we've got to keep making things work and whether it is having to limit Darcy Moore's effect on the game by playing him as the deepest defender um, or asking more of your Howes and Maynards and, and Maddens, then, yeah, that's a discussion they're going to have to have as well because... Maybe we can't rely on Ruffett anymore. Well, he's not getting any younger. That's one thing. I am sympathetic towards the fact he played very little throughout the preseason in the lead-up to his AFL uh, 22 season debut and playing on Joe Danaher, who is red hot, probably in all Australian form at this point in time, doesn't help your cause. He did look out of sorts. No two ways about it. In terms of who we who comes in, I think we probably just move the, some of the defenders around, mm. a bit like Howe's been playing tall, Maynard at times. And Jack Madgen, I think, is lucky. Again, he probably won't come out of the side because I've been getting very nervous when he gets around the ball of late Nico. <laughs> he just Sometimes he turns or goes to handball to a bloke and you just wonder if the teammate really wants the ball at that point in time. And, yeah, it's just mm. a, a bit uneasy with, with the ball in hand. I think he will play again, though, this week, like I say. In terms of other players who showed a bit, Nathan Kruger was one that came to mind yeah. who was he was a bit like go-go gadget at the one point throughout the second quarter, I think it was. He just he just kept going for the rides and almost knocked himself out there, almost winded himself. He broke himself. his neck at one point. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Quite yeah, scary second it, it was, it was Lukey, but... Nico, are you liking? What are you liking about him, or what aren't you liking about what you've seen for Kruger so far? There's very few I don't like about him. I love that he's crashing packs and creating contests, and his ability in the air is something we desperately need in terms of the marking side of things. And and especially while Darcy Cameron isn't crash hot at the moment either, injured um, too. At this stage, yeah, something that, was it broken ribs. I think he got cleared of. Um, broken ribs. Oh, well, that's good. Could, could be touch, touch and go. Yeah, throw. absolutely. Okay. I heard he was. I heard he trained today. Okay. When when they last trained, he trained. So yeah. he might have pulled up okay, actually. Yeah. So. Um, but Krugs has been someone I've looked forward to playing since watching him in the preseason, and, and we heard Scott Selwood say at the start of the year what he can bring to the side, and he's bringing it. And I said after his first game in round two, he doesn't leave that side for me unless he's injured, of course. But 
doesn't leave that side. He's got a lot of potential, and I think he can really make something work while we're looking for that next step in terms of the key forward. He can provide the role. He takes the pressure off mind check. He's got good leading patterns. He's got forward craft. He knows what he's doing there, and I think that helps. And, Lukey, how do you see with the um the forwards coming back into the team over the well particularly this week and, and the coming weeks, does it look like a different setup with the tackling pressure that Kruger and McCreary and these guys are capable of in terms of trying to keep the ball inside our forward fifty rather than it just popping out and hopefully that leading to more shots on goal? Yeah, and it's just it's it's not just that, but it's actually taking those opportunities, um, when they do arise and Kruger's Another one that he missed, I think he missed a couple of not easy shots, but shots he could have um, put through. But with the pressure that these guys are bringing, you lock it in there, you get countless opportunities. Um, yeah, the setup's definitely going to change. Um, but like you just said on Kruger, I think he's been um, an absolute breath of fresh air for this forward line, for mm. this team. Um, yeah, crashes the packs. Unfortunately, we don't want him to do what he did Um in almost, yeah, injuring himself on the weekend. But um, exactly what we want to see from him. Uh, as long as he gets a good run at it, yeah, there's no way he's missing. I've got one... Sure. Yep, all good. Sorry, sorry for cutting you off there. Um, I've got one more okay. question for you boys about this game before we head to Ask Pies Nation. Where are we at with Brody Grundy? Um, I watched his game on Thursday night and I came away very disappointed. And I'm not disappointed because, and people are going to come after me here because, oh, but you know, he had, he had a lot of clearances and, you know, he had a lot of disposals and he got had a lot of ruck hit outs and that's all well and good. No problem at all. One thing we've been able to hang our hat high on about Brody Grundy is his work around the ground. His ability mm. to find space, take marks when we need him on, in big packs on center wing, his ability to go up forward and kick a goal. His work rate around the ground was very poor on Thursday night. Big O had him covered, absolutely covered. Did not lay a single tackle. We we say that Grundy, you know, when he doesn't have a great game, yeah, but at least the pressure was there. And you spoke before about the pressure from other players. Didn't come from him at all. And for, you know, and I hate bringing it up because, you know, you know like, you know, oh, his contract situation and all of that. But I don't know. Is is some is this something we still are concerned about with Brody? Because I I think his work rate on Thursday night it looked to me like he didn't want to be there, and that's harsh, very harsh. But from a point of view, I reckon he plays twenty percent better, and we win. You look at the result and the impact he could have had in that last quarter. I don't think he stood up more enough mm-hmm. for my liking. Um, and I think if he doesn't. Con- if he doesn't improve in that area, at least with the work rate, everything else can come with it. We know he can hit a lot of the tap, uh, tap a lot of the ball. We know he can get a lot of disposals and clearances. That's all good. I mean effort and I mean work rate was my disappointing factor. Sure. Do you think he's carrying an injury? Um, I would like to hope not, but well, if he said, is... You've almost said that he looks like he's carrying an injury for us. 12 to 18 months. Yeah, but how long be. can we run with that before? That's, that's what I'm saying. We can't we can't assume it's an injury at this point because he's looked like he's laboured around the field at least for the past 12 months, all last year and then so far this year. So mm. I'm I'm on board with you there, Nico. It's um it's an it's it's a point that we can't 
dismiss over because this this is a big contract that he's on, and it's, I know we don't want to go for guys for their contracts and all that kind of stuff, but he's still got another six years left on that, I think now, and we're talking about him struggling now. Well, um, look, uh, I don't know, Marcus. I feel like you're disagreeing on this point here. Do you? Are we being too harsh on him? I'm not disagreeing with his output. I think everyone who's questioning that this far into the season has every right to based on the fact that he's not using what we know as his X factor, his ability to be the extra midfielder and really dominate around the ground. So I don't disagree with you. I just, I've seen him in a couple of games this season where it looks like he's visibly limping and I just, I'm wondering if there's more than meets the eye with his physical status. That said, if he's playing, he should be fit and ready yeah. to go. So is it therefore his body language that's coming through rather than something yeah. wrong with him physically? All question marks at this point in time, but I think it's it's good that we continue to put the magnifying glass over him because it's it's not good enough what he's yeah. serving up at the moment. I, I think it's a very interesting and it'll be very keen to look at again uh, on Anzac Day, but... In the meantime, we'll swift past that one and we'll head to Ask Pies Nation. Luke, you've got a fair few answers from the question you had as your topic this week. Uh, tell us about what that was and, and some of our answers. Let's go. Yeah, basically just a summation of the first five rounds, what you've noticed, um, what you're liking, what you're not liking. So interesting takeaways. Um, I'll start with JLC. Uh, the coach and the system are good. McRae has made us a more attacking and we have remained competitive. Unfortunately, McRae, who was good kicker of the football, cannot kick for some of our players. It is the execution thing us down. Gee whiz. Yeah, all right, all right. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Jamie Curry, um, with our best 22 on the park, we can comp- compete with anyone. However, our depth is still developing, and our bottom five each week are hurting us, but they will improve with time. I still think we can sneak into seventh or eighth this year. Next week is massive, though. Three, three compared to two and four. Mm. That would be a monumental effort to be seventh and eighth. I think mm. from here, mm-hmm. um, monumental indeed. Yeah, but no, it, it's good to aim that high. And yeah, we'll speak about it in the preview to Essendon. But yeah, three and three is where we need to be at. Yep, uh, Matt Exembola. Um, I'm reminded of Brisbane before the beginning of their current top four era. They played well and had lots of close losses the year before they moved up the ladder. That's where the Pies are currently. We're competitive. We just need that next push. Not a bad comparison, yeah. I think. Mm. Just need more time in the seat. Uh, ben Tate, uh, two close losses to two teams considered to be top four. I'll take that. The foundation is clearly there. There is intent to move quickly, which is great to see. Just need our young guns to develop more and we'll be back challenging for finals. It's about where I expected us to be. Yep, like that. Good. P. Rocky, 82. Overall, I think we are well-deserved to be where we are. People need to remember we are only one off-season and five rounds into this game plan. In comparison, Brisbane have been under Fagan for seven years. Seven? Maybe not seven. Has it, been, has it been that long, seven? I don't think it's been that long. Well, because... Five? No, well, Voss left in 2013, and then Lepic yeah, came in. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I get his point. I'm not trying... Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm just being I'm just being picky with his facts. But, no, he, he makes a very good point. Obviously, when you compare us to Brisbane, um, the differences are going to be massive. So, yes, patience, mm-hmm. I think. 
Uh, Fieldy 03, it's an improved game plan, quicker ball movement and, ho- and higher scoring. The biggest issue, which has been the case for the past few years, is a lack of a key forward. Must be a priority. The last one we had was Travis Cloak. We've already spoken yep, on those points. Pretty um, much our sentiments. Yeah. Andy Stevens 17, doing a lot right, but need to find a way to control the tempo when sides get on top. Too many times sides have kicked consecutive goals in quick succession. It was a problem last year as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, they were speaking yeah. about that, and I hate to bring up Carlton, but yeah, that's pretty much still their problem as well. So I don't really want to get to that level. That'd be great. It's a lot of sides' problem, I've noticed this year, but you can pretty much pick out a point in every game for us. Yeah. We've true. lost control, maybe not so much the Adelaide game, but every other game, we've lost control for nearly a quarter and it has basically cost us the game in yeah. the end. Um, Andrew Marshall, 86, very impressed Very impressed that the completely new game style has been fully operational since round one. Everything Fly said during the pre-season that made us fans excited had been implemented. It wasn't all talk. We're fast, we're vibrant and we're backing our boards to win contests. I forgot, I forgot to bring this up as well when we are talking about the Brisbane Review. A couple of his quotes that he said in his presser, um, you know, that we learned a lot about ourselves tonight and that they want us, he wants us to continue to take risks even when we're down. Love hearing that. Absolutely yeah. love hearing. And it's not just been this press conference. All the press conferences he's had and when he's spoken to the media, he's been very upfront about what we're trying to achieve. Um, mm. And as supporters, that is music to our ears. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, look, you, you need to take risks and make mistakes so that you can get the core of the game style down pat and it's not going to happen after four, five, six, half a season. It could take longer. So let's hope that they continue to take those risks and in that time we get better at playing tempo footy and also being able to change the style when required. But look, all a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, Ahmad has said we're a work in progress. We said at the start of the year we weren't going to look too intently at the win-loss record. We just want to see growth. We have our game for a rebuilding side is fun. We're bringing fans back to watch us live. Give us time to gel and we'll work on the gaps. Nice. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I, I that's exactly my kind of sentiment is that I'm actually enjoying watching us um, again, which hasn't been the case for the past couple of seasons, I reckon. Yep. And I'll finish with Nick JC104, net positives out of the first five rounds. We had low expectations coming into the year and no reason that should change. Groups developing well with the new recruits and draftees integrating nicely. Couldn't ask for more in a developing year. Footy has been great to watch and excited to see more. Go Pies. That's a nice little comment to finish, I reckon, there. And I reckon that's because yeah. his name's Nick. But... Great Ask Pies Nation there, so be sure to get involved on all our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Pies Nation, and uh, make sure to jump over to iTunes and Spotify, give us that five-star rating to let us know how we're going. Let's get to our fan vote results, Marcus, our three, two, ones from you. Thank you, Nicholas. Three, two, ones for this week. One vote to Nathan Kruger, two votes to Dugowie, and three to Jack Crisp, Lukey. Yeah, I've got one vote for Josh Dacos. Like I said, his start of the game was incredible. Two votes, Jack Chris, just back to racking them up. And three votes, Jordan Zagoe. Um We spoke last week on him not converting. Well, this week he converted, finished with four goals. So very happy with his game. What about you, Nico? Gave one to Reef. Spoke about him before. His effort in the forward line was great. I gave two to Scotty Pendlebury. And now, you know, yes, he didn't tag Neil for the other three quarters. Uh, but 
even when that wasn't the case, I think his work with the ball and his efficiency still continues to be such a highlight to this side. And it really emphasizes what we try to do in terms of, you know, we, we take the risks, but having someone like him that can slow us down when we need to has been superb. And Thursday night showed that again. Uh, and three votes to Jordan Degoe. Great to see him get on the score sheet as well, have his four goals and, and have an influence around the contest as well. So um, another three votes to Jordan Degoe. And the fans agreed. They all went with, well, not all of them, but a majority of them went with Jordan Degoe as the highest vote getter on the ground. Jack Chris was second, Dakes third, Kruger fourth, and Scott Pendlebury actually finished fifth as well. And then 40 full total. Degoe takes the lead. He's up by four points over Nick Dacos. Jack Crisp is in third. Scotty Pendlebury in four. And Steel Sidebottom rounds out the top five with 18 points. And that leaderboard, of course, will be coming up on our socials as well. As always, as a rule, no margin predictions when we lose. So no shout-outs there. Uh, now, I'm going to keep you on the line, Luke. I'm going to try Thor because he was the man that was closest to the crowd. He was 18 off. Is that right, Luke? Yeah, 18 off, which is, he was easily the closest. There was a couple that were about the 300 mark off, but yeah, Thor smashed them. 18, incredible. All right, let's see. Let's see. I've put Luke on hold here, and we'll see if we can get both of them on. But otherwise, we'll get the ringtone. Hello. Is this Thor? Yes, it is. G'day. It's Nicholas Sacco from the Pies Nation podcast. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. No, no worries. Thank you for guessing 18 people off the crowd, mate. That's what gets you on. So, no, well done from you. Oh, cheers, guys. Yeah, just... just... Yeah, no, it's very good. So, is Luke, are you there as well? Have we got everyone in? Yeah, yeah. I was just on the hold, I think. Yeah. Waiting music. No, that's all right. We're all good. All right. Well, Thor, congratulations, first of all, for getting the crowd right. Tell us a bit about yourself, how you started following the Pies, and, and yeah, how, how long you've been supporting them for. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 23. I live over in um, West Australia, and I've lived here my whole life. Um, all my family's from Victoria, so they're all mad Pies. And, um, yeah, just got brainwashed as a kid, and, yeah, stoked for it. Absolutely love the Pies. Fantastic thought. Marcus here, thank you for joining us. Have you got across to many games when the, the Pies travel? We, we do travel well historically. We do, and yeah, every single game that they come over, I, I try to get to. And um, yeah, I've had some pretty awesome memories with the Pies over here, that's for sure. Favourite favorite memory from one of those games, Thor? Oh, it'd have to be the 2007 semi-final when it went to over, uh, extra time. Ah, yes. Oh, that was incredible, hey, and we, you know, we were down pretty much the whole game, and just to, just to get level, and then Swanee running into an open goal. Oh, Memories. Just, yeah, unreal. Daisy Thomas taking a few bounces along the wing. Pendles, the young Pendles doing his stuff. Uh, were you at that game, Thor? Were you at that match? Yeah, yeah, I was at that game. Fantastic. Yep. Luke, you had a question? Yeah, um, Thor, great to have you on. Uh, Favourite Collingwood player um, of all time for you? What do you reckon? Of all the time, it would have to be Dane Swan for myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I share the same birthday as the great man. Oh, just, uh, love that. And that oh, the way he went about his footy, just like no other, you know. We'll, we'll probably never see it again. And just, oh, I just love the bloke. He was, he was just a joy to watch. 
Now, when I went to Perth a couple of years ago, and it was the first time I experienced as as a Collingwood supporter being outnumbered. Now, I could only imagine what it'd be like for you living in WA and having to deal with all these Frio and West Coast support. Well, maybe not Frio, but all these West Coast supporters <laughs> yeah. um, going around. What's that experience like? You know, following a Victorian team interstate. Oh boy, I'm glad you asked that question. It's been oh, my whole childhood, you know, copping it every week from Eagle supporters. Fair supporters aren't bad. It's the Eagle supporters. Yeah, yeah, so them I anyway. hear this though. Is it true living over in WA? Are they <laughs> oh, that bad? They're the, they're the worst supporters in the <laughs> AFL world. Absolutely country mile. Have you got, is <laughs> it, is all you hear is booze, yeah. isn't it? It's the West Blue Eagles. They are just the, uh, uh, <laughs> You know, all my all my WA mates will probably give this a listen, but yeah, I, I don't. Uh, they are just the worst supporters, and uh, when the Pies get up over Eagles, it is uh, it just makes the whole year. You know, it's yeah, pretty much a mini grand final. When Absolutely. We beat Eagles. So this year will be a bit, bit disappointing, but yeah, we we get that. Fantastic thought. And then just doing a bit of a trip down memory lane. Obviously, you've mentioned Swanee, but any other members of the Rat Pack that you used to get around? Oh, I love Dids. Dids was awesome. Oh, Absolutely. Nico! Nico! Yes. Nico's a big Dids man. Love Dids. Absolutely quality. Oh, he, he was. He was quality, and oh, let's have a let's have a think. I and Daisy. When, when, when I was when I was a kid, I absolutely loved Daisy as well. They're they're the two. Yeah, the Swanee and Daisy were my two main and and Bucks. I what about actually? What about yeah. currently? Oh. Hard to go past Pendle, just yeah. in class, like. But and I do love Jordan to go here. The way he's, he's going to be saying special. If you can stay, you can stay. You know, yeah. injury free and out of trouble is is going to be yeah huge for us. Big asks, big yeah. asks. But no, he's capable. We'll see how we go. But Thor, thanks for coming on and having a chat. Great to hear from you. All the best over in WA, and um, hopefully you get to catch the pie soon. Cheers, boys. Thank you so much for having me on. And, yeah, love the podcast. And, yeah, go Pies. Thank you. Good on you, Thor. Cheers. Great to hear from Thor. Get get a bit of interstate action from, you know, different supporters, uh, different states coming together. We're everywhere, Nico. That's it. That's it. And we're the only club that would have big big supporters everywhere. So I'm glad to have been able to get that WA perspective, no doubt. We'll take a quick break here on the Pies Nation podcast. We've got plenty more for you right after this. You're listening to Pies Nation, where the pies are hot and the drinks are cold. Welcome back to the Pies Nation podcast, where the pies are hot and the drinks are cold. Our favourite segment in the second segment, it's the VFL Report. (laughs) And Marcus has you covered with all the news from the Pies, but not all smiles. No, Nico. First loss for the year, unfortunately, to the Giants, who really outplayed the Pies from go to woe. They won 14-12-96 over the VFL Pies, 12-7-79. Good games. Good games, Nico. We saw Tyler Brown 
Finn McRae and Ollie Henry, certainly amongst some of our better players. And whether all of them are looking at a call-up this week, I'm not too sure. Maybe Ollie Henry. We'll talk a bit more about him in terms of uh, forward line and, and the yep. shake-up that that might need ahead of Anzac Day. But, yeah, three goals from Ollie. Very good from him. Also impressive performances. Probably best game of the year for Liam McMahon. Ooh, nice. Um, but, yeah, look, the Pies really lost out in the air. And when you've got Darcy Cameron, Mason Cox, Grundy, I mean, we had Will Kelly and I think even Michael Hartley might have been doing a bit of work in the Sorry, ruck there. Sorry, the goal as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... The, the VFL Pies are a bit undermanned with the tall stocks because I think we didn't talk about this, but I think we had the most ever 200 plus Equal centimeter. most in a team. Yeah, yeah five. In, in the one. So, yeah, it makes it a bit harder for your, for your twos when that occurs. So, look, the first loss of the year, hopefully the boys can bounce back this week, but really still sitting well within the top four there. So, Good start to the good month of footy for the Pies, and hopefully they can continue on their winning ways this week. And of course, we get our other perspective from the great man, Serge. What did he have to say, Luke? Yeah, for the live cross for the Serge, uh, BFL <laughs> report 30 days for the Pies at AIA Centre. Uh, GWS won the game in the second quarter. Lots of outs for the Pies, no ruck. They were bigger, taller, and faster for most of the game. Um, our lack of system and skill errors resulted in costly turnovers and GWS goals. Fives improved after half time, kicking 10 goals to five. A few players down, Tard, J.R. Kelly, Henry, who dropped nine marks. Still, Henry kicked three goals to rally the Pies in the last quarter. Enjoyed Chug in the centre and McMahon in defence. Murray solid again. McRae best on ground, plus good games from Brown and Pult. Pult form deserves a recall in mm. the AFL. Yeah, he could be knocking. But, yeah, I've forgotten. I've forgotten man almost, Caleb Poulter, but I have run into him outside the ground. I think it was after the Adelaide game, and just let him know if he's ever uh, feeling like it, he's always welcome to come onto the Post Nation podcast. Well, sort it out, Lukey. Come on. <laughs> What's he waiting know, for? Yeah, I think he has been uh, playing really well in the two, so he may be uh, looking at an Anzac Day call up. So thanks to the search for that. Thanks to the surges always. Now, we will be playing the Dons as a curtain raiser, but at Windy Hill, unfortunately, there, Nico. So I don't know if I've got the um, the appetite to... Well, as long as there's enough time to clean yourself up after travelling, yeah? <laughs> yeah, um... so 105, and they have they are yet to win a game this season, oh, geez, the VFL right. Dons. So you'd like to think that we'd win. And, and I, I lie, we actually sit fifth at the moment, three and one. Okay. But I'm sure we'll bounce back to that top four after a big win on Anzac Day. The VFLW girls will be looking to bounce back. They also play the Bombers this Saturday at the Hangar. So that's a one thirty start. And I haven't mentioned them yet, but the Collingwood Netball team have kick-started their campaign. We're actually up to round six, and I've completely been subsided by it's it. It's called the it Super League? The Suncorp Super Netball. Super Netball. That's it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, six rounds in. Uh, the Pies are last, unfortunately, but we're one and four. Still early. This time last week, we were winners. Had a good win over, I believe it was the Lightning. So um, still plenty of time for the girls to turn it around, and we'll be keeping a close eye on them. They've got the Firebirds this week, 24th of April. So some nice Sunday nipple action if you're looking to head down there. Let's head to Anzac Day preview. Always a big game in our books. Big. And, um, it's bigger very for the, big. Bigger for the fact that we need to make up for last year's very insipid effort because it was just that. And um, we haven't stopped hearing it from Rob at the Sash since. So um, now, this is going to come across as arrogant. Good. But I have not seen, and 
And you can back me up because I've spent the first seg talking about lazy footballers in our side. Well, Essendon are the kings of lazy footballers, mate. If you watch them, <laughs> that game they played against Freeman, oh, ugly. Absolutely ugly. They had, I think, it was 13 of their 23 players that played that day that did that laid one tackle or less. Um, they are a lazy team. They're out of form. They're not playing good football. They seem to have almost thrown in the towel. I want to be the ones that knock them out cold. I, I, I just... And I've got to be careful here because we spoke about this against West Coast and look what happened. So yeah. I think that there is absolutely zero excuses to lose to Essendon. Zero. Nada. I hear you. <laughs> but you know you know what, Nico what? and Lukey? You throw out the playbook on Anzac Day. <laughs> That's very true. You throw out the playbook. It doesn't matter who's there. We've all been around long enough to see upset wins, to see absolutely cracking games with either side decimated by injuries even after five, six rounds of footy. I would say that their coach, is it Ben Rutten? Yep. He will be going hard on the pressure needing to lift, you would have thought, mm-hmm. after you just told me how few players laid even more than one tackle. That is pathetic. So expect the unexpected. They're going to come out all guns blazing, Lukey. And I think that even though on paper we should tow them up, we have had these conversations before. <laughs> they have bitten us on the ass. Way to, way to, to sit me back down, Marcus. No, I've got to sit you back down, young fella, because <laughs> otherwise you go into Anzac Day thinking we've got this and there is no worse feeling no, than, that's true. than their song playing up. After the match, I can always rely house. on you to calm me down. A wise old head, aren't yes. I? But yeah, Lukey, Lukey, am I? Do do we need to pump the Collingwood ties up a bit more? Or am I just? Am I a bit too uh, reserved? No, I'm I'm experienced with you, Marcus. I'm incredibly worried about this game actually. <laughs> um, uh, just after you've blown them off, Nico, as well. Um, the media laying into them with. I've seen a few video, a few videos of the footage of I think it was Parish and a few other guys. Um, barely getting out of a jog to chase. And the blowtorch is right on them um, this week. They're one and four. They're supposed to be making finals this season. Um, and this kind of is the game. If they do lose it, um, you could almost say it's curtains for them this season. So mm. um, I expect us to come out incredibly hungry. Um, we've had three losses in a row as well. So yep. different type of losses, but it hasn't looked as bad as what Essendon are going through at the moment. But um, I see it as a huge, huge danger game. Um, Anzac Day always is. Um, like you said, Marcus, no matter who's on the park, um, injuries, all that all that is thrown out because um, when you get there and there's 90 to 100,000, uh, the minute silence and then the roar, um, it doesn't matter who's out there, you're going to go 110%. So... I'm excited. Are you boys heading there? Yes. Be there. Yes, I will be there. Absolutely. You? Well, if you're feeling yeah, better, of course. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully be there, Nico. But um, incredibly excited for the game. But yeah. very scared because it's, <laughs> it is like a grand final this day. Um, Jeez. It's not... it, is a huge op- it is a huge opportunity for some of our young guys. Um, we spoke about it against the Cats playing in front of, I think it was 50 to 60,000 that night. Um, this will be a whole different occasion. Um, a very good learning experience for not only them, but um, the coach as well, um, coaching under such huge yep. pressure. So 
big game, boys. Um, what do you want to add on that now? Well, yeah, it's funny that I'm the one that's that's excited and up and about and ready to, hey, to well, attack them. I've it's usually you, them. Lukey. <laughs> I'm not going. We copped it on the socials for going all out <laughs> on the West Coast and saying we've got this. We don't even have to worry. We almost weren't even going to turn up for a podcast episode. Wow. I think I think <laughs> we had a lot of points that were in our favour, and that was before a few other things happened. But anyway, look, you know what? This is just my opinion, and this is what all this podcast is all about. And in my opinion, I think yeah. there is little to no excuses to beat Essendon. That's oh, all I'm saying. I completely agree with that. Uh, I, especially with the fact that we're having the lights of my check, McCreary and Ginevan, that's all expected to come back into this team. They are all huge ins for different reasons. Um, you bring that into that forward line, and I spoke about why that was important in the first segment. Um, and, and, you know, it, it really changes your dynamic and for the better. Uh, Ruffy not being there doesn't help, uh, albeit as long as Moore takes care of Peter Wright, I think that will be okay yep. in that department. In terms of, yeah, um, they don't have a lot of tall stocks no. to worry about. No. So, yeah, Ruffy so not playing is not a huge deal. Yeah, he's probably the only one. Um, and then other than that, so if we, if we assume that my check McCree and Ginevan play, um, and we know that Ruffhead's out, that's two spots that need to be taken care of. Yep. Do we have any idea at all about who those two spots might be? I think Coxie, although he doesn't mind a big game, the, True. Ma- the Masonator, he just seems to pop up in these games and kick. You know, yeah, you know what, Marcus? I actually wouldn't mind keeping Cox in on this defence to see what sort of a one last chance, one last attempt at let's see what he can actually do because looking at their defence on paper, um, we got a couple of calls in there. We should be able to take them to town. Um, Cox on a, hopefully a dry day, um, sunshine can clunk a few. So I wouldn't mind seeing Cox keep his spot, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does lose it. Um, 19 and sunny Anzac Day weather. Yep, very nice. Yeah, look, it, you, sometimes you just never know with Coxie. You, just, you don't know whether to shake your head or laugh or cry. But based on performance on the weekend and also who needs to come into the team, I think Cal Brown and Mason Cox probably make way, Nico. Yep, I think for you. that was exactly what I was thinking, to be yep. honest. I think they had it too. Now, what will be interesting is if Darcy Cameron doesn't pull up and play, mm. that might mean... Coxie is in that team. Well, although, although, we have said it before, I think Ollie Henry deserves to have a chance to come back in. I think Caleb Poulter deserves to come back in. Well, these young guys, you want them out there on this yeah. day because it means so much to the club and they need to be going through that process of gearing up for the match because it's a bit like preparing for a final during yeah. the home and away season, as we know. Does a steel side bottom or a Will Hoskin Elliott have a rest? Probably uh, not to make probably not. probably not to make room for one of those uh. guys. But it would be nice to see maybe maybe a uh, or Caleb Poulter for a Tom Wilson or something mm. like that. Nico potential or an Ollie there. Henry for a Tom Wilson. I think yeah. I think one thing that unfortunately hasn't stuck with us just yet is the guys we've brought from the VFL this year haven't turned out to have great AFL games. And you can prove me wrong if there's someone I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, but more often than not, when we bring these guys up, and this has just happened is very early, so obviously 
you know, there's reasons behind it, I'm sure. But Lots of reasons. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like they haven't hit. So, like, Callum Brown was one that was killing it in the seconds. He's gone up, and he hasn't really had that impact. Tom Wilson's another one who's had a fantastic second year so far. Comes up. He's been okay, but, you know, hasn't been at the level we want. All in losing results, Yeah, those guys coming yeah, in. So, that's very, very, hard, very, very hard to look good in a losing side when you've been playing twos and mm. come into the ones. They've, they've, yeah, they've both been there and thereabouts. I just think that moving forward, I can see guys like Poulter and Henry probably ahead of a few of the names we've just mentioned. So, give them a run. I think they... I'd be very impressed to see them into the team. I think it would be a great show of faith from McRae um, to bring them in in such a big occasion um, and to, you know, put their form to the test and say, hey, you know, yep. you've been good in the seconds and I like that you've got the confidence up. Let's see how you go on the big stage and, and then maybe we can assess from there. We've, we've seen plenty of players stand up on those occasions before. There's no reason why these ones can't again. So a lot to look forward to for Anzac Day's end. Any other notes to take from this one before we wrap up and get our tips in, or or are we pretty s- centered do on we what we think? Start, do we want to start McRae, Finley, as a potential inclusion? Or I mean, it... he's probably only coming in for Callum. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a couple of guys might be just ahead of him personally. Yeah, just, just given... off a BOG in the VFL. I've seen a few people say he's putting in a good body of work now. In the twos, um, if if he can get into this back into this side, um, but yeah, he's another name that could be around the mark. But it's good um, to see these plays, you know, playing the way they are in the twos and, yeah. and knocking the door on selection. Definitely. Um, so yeah, exactly what we want. So yeah, very exciting to see. Let's get our tips, boys. I'm interested to hear these, considering your nerves. Mm. <laughs> I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think it's going to be the Pies by nine points. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Interesting, Lukey. Yeah, pretty similar. I hope it's not too close, though, because I want it to be a bit relaxing. But Pies by 16. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. What about you, Nico? Full five goals. Five goals. <laughs> we'll win by five goals. I think 30 Backing points. I can, in there. I can see it going that way, Nico, but I, I'm very, very... Yeah, I'm more than happy to cop it next week if 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 we get belted or if we lose. But look, no merit, no stringer. <laughs> yeah, two big barometers for their side. Huge. You would hope. Yeah. You would hope that we've got a leg up with some of our more experienced guys in there. Are we going to do a medal prediction? Or? Oh yes, we usually do, don't we? All right, yeah. Let's go around, Marcus. Who's your Anzac Day medalist? Oh, put myself on the spot. Yes. There. Well, you've brought it up. So, you know, he's the one he's the one I want to see. Let's let's go big. Let's go ridiculous. Nick Dacos. Ooh, that would be something. That Wouldn't that would be, be nice? Something. He'll be looking forward to this, Lukey. Oh, yeah. Big he'll time. Be, he'll be... Well, you know what? That's who I was going to say, Marcus. <laughs> but just to go for someone different, um, Jordan Dugowie, he's, he's, he's really in form at the moment. I think we probably haven't given him enough credit for the way he started this season. Um if he can kick a few, rack up a few disposals, well, he always, the umpires and the people who put the votes out um, on this day, they'll notice him. So, yeah, Jordan to go. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dacos gets it. Even Josh as well. So I think... Very what about you, Nico? There's a lot of plays in that Collingwood side that can win it. There's one player that's won it many, many times and knows this stage all too well. And I think the skipper, if he gets on some form early... In the game, 
We know what he can produce. And if we win, especially through the midfield, he'll be a leading instigator in that one. So I reckon Pendles goes whack again, wins another medal. Um, and that, yeah, that's my prediction. In a 30-point win to the pie. So I'm very excited. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm very excited. I wouldn't like and good to see that there's not going to be a, a, any jumper clash this year. We're actually, we've gone for the predominantly white outfit, being the away team. So I'm um, looking forward to actually watching it, two different teams. So they just uh, switched around, Nico. That's what they were wearing on the inside mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a year too late. So. Uh, it looks, does look uh, very fresh. Um, I think us being the away side, we're actually doing the right thing and avoiding the clash like mm. last year and uh, didn't make the effort yeah, um, when they were the away side. So good on Collingwood. Um, but yeah, the Guernsey does look very fresh. It absolutely does. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of the Pies Nation podcast. Thank you to Lukey on the phone. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me, boys. And Marcus in the studio. Great to have your thoughts as always. Thanks to you, Nick, and to Thor. Yes. Yes, WA Thor. Thor man. Yes, that's it. Um, needs his hammer as well, Paul, you know. <laughs> Gee whiz, Nico. It's probably a good place to, to finish the yeah, episode I think, this I think, week. Yes, Luke. Hey, Nico, uh, I just thought of this, but we had Thor on today's episode and they released the new trailer for the new Thor movie coming out in a few months today as well. So fit, it, fit in that, I reckon. And on that note, we'll end this week's episode. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and this has been the Pies Nation podcast. We might not be on next week. Maybe not. Not the way we're going. The pies are hot and the drinks are cold.